0: Hi, and welcome to Bible study once again. Thank you so much for joining us again. And today I wanted us to look at a topic that's quite simple, I hope. I hope it's quite simple. But I, I was reading the book of Mark with um, my community of other Christians, and we were reading the book of Mark chapter 10. And in Mark chapter 10, it gets to a certain point, and they talk about something that... I had to actually note down because I found that it resonated with me. And obviously, when something resonates with me, I usually either pause in the moment and ask the Holy Spirit why it's resonating with me, or I then come back to it and then start to read it and meditate on it and think about it. And the scripture is found in Mark chapter 10, verse 13 to 16 it's not very long I'm reading it in the New Living Translation it says one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them but the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him when Jesus saw what was happening he was angry with his disciples he said to them let the children come to me don't stop them For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. And you know, as I read it, many thoughts were in my head, but it was verse 14 and 15 that really stayed with me. And I'll read it again. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter into it. And I found that scripture interesting or quite I don't know if the word is pointing you in a direction or giving you a sense of how Jesus viewed the posture that we should take as Christians and especially as believers. And the first thing that I saw was he said in verse 14, let the children come to me, don't stop them. And do you know when I read that, I read that in light of who we are as Christians today, that if Jesus was here, would he be talking to even some of the religious leaders of today, some of the Christians of today? And the thoughts that came to my mind was part of my frustration that got me into more into the word of God was the, my frustration was that I was hearing the word of God, but I wasn't feeling like I was experiencing the kingdom of God. I was hearing the word of God, but I didn't feel like I was experiencing the word of the kingdom of God or I wasn't experiencing the fullness of the kingdom of God. And so I started spending more time in the word. And I have a best friend who is very into the word of God as well, which helped because she would say something and it would make me think, oh, I need to read that or I need to check that in the Bible. So she would say something that would almost sometimes throw my mind because I'd be thinking to myself. Um, what did she just say, you know, and immediately I would want to know more. And sometimes I would ask and she would explain more and tell me where it was in the scriptures and all of that. But as I read this scripture again, I started thinking more of believers today and the fact that when Jesus was angry, he wasn't even angry with The Pharisees in this case, he wasn't talking to Pharisees. He was talking to his disciples. So these are people who had been with Jesus. These are people who had followed Jesus. These are people that Jesus picked and said, come with me. I will make you fishes of men. These are people that when other people were getting parables, Jesus would give them the meaning behind the parable. Like he would have a separate meeting for them and tell them the, the, the definition, the descriptions, the breakdown of the story he just told the crowd. Because crowds followed Jesus. They followed him around a lot. But then his disciples would be the ones that stayed close to him. So you could almost say that in today's world, the crowd would be almost like Instagram, the social medias of this world. And then maybe a Zoom meeting would be the disciples' conversation, where you step away from the crowds. You would post about it on Instagram, but then you would take the people in your community and you would have a conversation with them on Zoom. And then you would start to break it down, and they could ask you questions. Think of it in that in that kind of light. That this is the kind of scenario that was happening with Jesus. I'm just using that example to give you a bit more clarity on what I'm talking about. And he says, when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. So these are people who were with Jesus, who understood a bit more than the usual people, and who were not the even the religious leaders of today of that of that time. Sorry, but then I now superimposed it into our world today and thought in this case it wouldn't be it wouldn't be it wouldn't be difficult for him to say Jesus was angry with the people who were held in high regard as leaders in the body. Because, you know, we have expectations that they are disciples, that they have spent time with Jesus, that they spend more time than the rest of the, in quotes, laity, as some people would call it, in the rest of the members of the churches, that they spend more time reading the word, spending, you know, taking time to take the word apart, to study the word, to be empowered by the word, to to encounter Jesus in themselves. But then he he said to them, let the children come to me don't stop them and you know the children were innocent and you know as soon as he spoke and said don't stop them for the kingdom of god belongs to those who are like these children i remember reading another version of it and i believe it is the i'm going to have a quick look i believe it's the um tr- passion translation yes it says in verse 14 of mark chapter 10 when Jesus saw what was happening, he became indignant with his disciples and said to them, let all the little children come to me and never hinder them. Don't you know that God's kingdom exists for such as these? Listen to the truth I speak. Whoever does not open their arms to receive God's kingdom like a teachable child will never enter it. And you know, as I was reading about Jesus talking about children and receiving the kingdom and, and you know, getting the fullness of the kingdom, I started thinking, I'm a mother, and I started thinking of the relationship that I have with my children and the way that they interact with me and how they look at me. That, you know, when Jesus was talking about those who will enter into the kingdom, this is now not talking about eternal salvation. This is talking about the way of life of a believer, the way of life that God has enacted in his kingdom. So I thought I would say that first of all, before I even get into the understanding about being childlike, um, Jesus wasn't saying if you don't become like a child, you will not, um, you will not enter, you will not enter into into heaven, or you won't have salvation. No, the Bible already tells us in John three sixteen that. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus wasn't talking about eternal life. He was talking about the kingdom of heaven. That is God's way of being and doing. So let's separate this This is not a salvation conversation this is a kingdom conversation this is a kingdom a kingdom has rules it has regulations it has laws it has ways of doing it has the way that the people there behave it has the way that they live it has the way that they function jesus was talking about that he wasn't talking about whether they could enter heaven or not have enter heaven he had you know you had already, we had already had that instance where before his ministry even fully kicked off, God already said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And you know, the word of God tells us, like I said, in John 3, 16, it tells us that anyone that comes, anyone that believes in him will have eternal life. This wasn't about eternal life. This was about the kingdom. This was about a, a, a lifestyle and a state of being and doing that's different to the norm. So Jesus was saying that the kingdom of God, that those don't hinder them from coming. And, you know, I started to think of us as believers and how, as believers, we need to do what Jesus said in verse 14. And the reason why I liked the Passion Translation of verse 15, but I will come back to verse 14. The reason why I liked it was he said, listen to the truth I speak. Whoever does not open their arms to receive God's kingdom like a teachable child will never enter it. Whoever does not open their arms to receive God's kingdom like a teachable child will never enter it. Jesus was saying that if you are going to fully benefit of the kingdom, you are going to have to be a teachable child. And can I be honest, in this day and age, (laughs) I know my voice sounds like I've taken it a tone down in this day and age there are a lot of people who aren't teachable children, even believers. We're more, we're more set on what we've heard our pastors say than what the word of God says. But Jesus is telling us that if you're going to em- en- enjoy everything that the kingdom has to offer, if you're going to embrace everything that the kingdom has to offer, if you're going to really come into the kingdom and be a kingdom citizen in totality, you are going to have to be like a child. And what's a child like, you know, what are children like? Let me give you a, I told you I'm a mother. So I've seen children, I've seen two, at least I've raised, I have two children in my home. And there are things that about them that just always fascinate me. For example, when you tell a child that, especially up to a certain age, when you tell children something, they believe you, they do, will, And they believe you to the point that if their friend tells them something else, they will tell them that, no, my mommy or my daddy said that it is like this. To the point that my daughter, she's five, God bless her. If my husband says something and she does something with him and I want to do something different, she'll tell me, no, daddy said we're doing it like this. Her father has told her that something has to be done a certain way. She can't even try an alternative because as far as she's concerned, this is what Daddy said. When Jesus is saying that if you're going to enter into the kingdom, you need to be like a child. You need to be like that, where whatever the father says, that's what it is. That is what it is. I know we live in a world that's very full of information that's almost hyper, hyper-aware. What? You have to come to the point where, like a child, if the Bible tells you that if you believe in Jesus, you will have eternal life, you must believe it. You must believe it. Doesn't matter what they're saying outside. There are some people that will be telling you that, yes, yes, you can lose your salvation, but that's not what Jesus said. Jesus told us, the word of God tells us, That if you believe in Jesus, you have eternal life. Eternal means never ending life. Never ending. Nothing is going to end it. Nothing can take it away. And you know, the reason why you need to come to that point is because there will be a lot of information that you will hear, sometimes even in church. And you need to read the Bible to know whether or not that is kingdom or that is just a man's opinion of what he read in a Bible that's not aligned with the kingdom. You have to get to that point where you read something, you hear something and you go back and check that that aligns with scripture. And actually, if you read scripture of your own without prompting, if you daily read scripture, if you literally keep taking one chapter a day, that's 365 chapters. In a whole year, if you read a chapter a day, and you can read more than a chapter a day. Because some chapters are five minutes long. If you read it, if you time it, some are less, some are like two minutes, depending on what chapter you're reading. If you read the scripture, someone can say something and alarm bells will go off in your head because you're like, eh, 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 that doesn't sound right. When children are told something, they believe it. You need to come to the point as a believer where if you have read it in the Bible, that is what it is, nothing else. It's Jesus plus nothing. It's not Jesus plus Bumi said, no. You don't even need to take what I said. Open your Bible and check. If I say something and you're like, "Mm, not sure, open the Bible and check. I'm not precious about, oh, my word has to be perfect. No, I'm a human being. But guess what? The one thing that has been here before I showed up, and the one thing that will be here after all of us are gone, is still the word of God. It's been here from time immemorial. You might as well stick with what has been here and has outlasted and outlived many other people. So the first thing is that children usually come to that. They're like, mm, "This is what, you know, this is what um, this is what it says. This is what my mommy said. This is what my daddy said, and they believe it, and that's it." Not only do children believe it, children are very, they have no agenda. They have no previous filters. It is only as we grow older that we begin to receive filters and you know, doctrines and preconceptions and people's opinions that begin to act as a filter between us and the word of God when a child is reading something, they're not reading it with the mindset of mommy said, no, they're reading it with the mindset of, this is just information, especially when they're young. The joy of having two young children, I have two, five and under, you know, is that they literally read it and they're like, oh, is that what it said? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, okay. Like They do not they don't have any previous agenda. So it's easy for them to take in information easily. There's no filters. When you now relate that to us as believers, when Jesus is saying if you want to inherit the kingdom, if you have to come as a teachable child. you have to, Children are teachable. Someone says children are like sponges. They soak up whatever you give them. If you're going to fully embrace everything that God has for you, you have to be like children that there is nothing else. It's just okay. And that's what you're saying. Fine. You know, so when sometimes she's asking me about Jesus and I tell her, she's like, okay, fine. Like she doesn't have anything that said, oh no, Jesus is not, a, Jesus is only a prophet. He's not the son of, she has none of that. Nothing like that. She literally is just like, you said Jesus is the son of God and he loves me. Okay. Okay. Okay, no preconceived ideas. And I'm not saying that people can't teach us and tell us, but I'm saying when you come to the Bible, come with the heart of someone who's like, you know what, Holy Spirit, I just want your own view and no other view. It's part of the reason why I'm not very big on people only depending on devotionals because devotionals are usually somebody's opinion of scripture devotionals are somebody's opinion of scripture and so if you're going to fully get the kingdom if you're going to get everything that god has you're going to have to not only depend on people's opinions you have to know it for yourself and you have to almost know it hence why even if i do a devotional you know what i will always do let me tell you how i read a devotional if i ever read a devotional, i don't do devotionals the only devotionals i have tend to be reading scriptures so keeping me on track with the scriptures that i'm reading But if I, if I, by chance, I'm reading a devotional, I will read the scripture first. I will read the scripture. I will think about the scripture before I ever go and read the text that comes with that devotional. I will literally spend time getting my own thoughts before I ever get somebody else's thoughts. And then I'll now see, oh, well, okay. Are they giving me a slightly different perspective? Are they affirming what I already know? Are they, you know, telling me something that is fresh and new that I needed to know. And even when I they say it, I go back and check what they said. The only filter I have is the filter of scripture, nothing else. That's all I have. And you know, you must be open to receiving new information or new revelation. When in a world today it sometimes it bugs, not sometimes it bugs me most of the time, if not all the time, when I see Christians who will are unwilling to hear somebody else's angle on scripture. So, for example, you know, I hear people saying, oh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So then that means we must fight. I'm like, okay. That scripture is Ephesians six, right? Either Ephesians six or Second Corinthians ten. I'll check it for you. Okay, so if the weapons of our warfare are not, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down, it's Second Corinthians ten. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold, and you, then you go in and see. But okay, what does that even mean if we read Second Corinthians ten? Second well, Corinthians chapter ten verses three to is three to about six. But let's go. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into capt- into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled, you don't see anything where it talks about warfare. He says the And when it talks about warfare, here, it says casting down arguments. The warfare is not a warfare of fighting demons. It doesn't refer to demons. It doesn't refer to spirits it talks about pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and bringing down every high thing that is exhorting itself against the knowledge of God where do arguments take place they either take place in your mind or they take place verbally between people but because it's referring to us it's usually the arguments in your mind strongholds are in the mind they are not physical at least in this context he says, and then every high thing that exalts itself against knowledge, what will be exalting itself against knowledge? It is not knowledge. He says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of thoughts again. So when we talk about the weapons of our warfare not carnal, and then we start to fight, and we're you know we're always spending hours in prayers fighting against demons and principalities and warlocks and spirit husbands and ancestral this and ancestral that what are we doing we have to come like children who are teachable so that when someone says to you that what you are doing is not right and this is what it is don't say no this is what i've known since i was young what you knew since you were young may not be true the only thing that's true is the word of god that is the only thing that's true so pick up the word of god And if you even go further, one of the scriptures that people like quoting when they say they're fighting and all of that is Ephesians chapter 6. You know, and they talk about putting on the whole armor of God because you don't need to fight the enemy. I'm like, okay, what's in the armor? Let's look at Ephesians 6. What is in the armor? Finally, my brethren, from verse 10. Finally, my brethren. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And then it says, take up, therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand and stand therefore not start telling you what's the um the you say okay well we're fighting against principalities we're fighting against powers we're fighting against wickedness right what are you using to fight stand therefore having guard your waist with truth number one it says guard your waist with truth can you see that you can't get away from truth and what is truth the word of god guard your waist with truth, putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Jesus says that anyone that comes to him is made righteous. So you, are, you have righteousness. So you see that you are still not, we're not, I've not talked about any prayer. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, meaning the word of go- the gospel, the gospel. <laughs> um. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Faith is conviction. It's not, it's not the prayers where you're praying and pulling down the enemies of your father's house and the enemies of your mother's house. That's not that's not what you're doing. It says, if you're going to fight, this is what you fight with. It says, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, not in your understanding. In the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That's why you need to be teachable like a child. Because if people tell you, if if what you've known thus far is prayer platforms that are literally like, oh, begin to curse wherever they've taken your glory. Whether, I, I literally, those those things exhaust me now because I'm just like, That's not what God asked us to do. He said, if you're going to fight against the wicked one, you're going to stand against the wiles of the enemy. These are the tools you will need. You will need truth. You will need righteousness. And Jesus already made these things available to us. The word of God is there to give us the... Like if you read the word of God, you will build faith. You will have faith that sometimes... It's faith that ensures that I can respond when my spirit is in my mind is telling me something, I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're doing. Children literally, like I said, they first of all believe. My mommy said it, so it is. If God said it in his word, so it is. Not only that, they have no agenda. They literally are like sponges. They take in. And that's why you must spend so much time in the word of God. So you can take in so much. Take it all in. Jesus said, if you you take the posture like a child, you will embrace and you will literally enter into the fullness of the kingdom. If you take the posture of a child, children are attentive. Well, sometimes they can be scattered, but when you tell them something that's interesting, they're attentive. They're like, okay, what is it? And, you know, children believe the word of God. And they believe you to the point where they will. And their belief produces actions. If I tell my daughter, for example, that, oh, Arabella, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you cake tomorrow. She can ask you every five minutes from the point you tell her that thing till the next day until she gets what she wants. She is persistent based on what she has, what you told her. And as Christians and as believers, we need to be like, I'm going to keep saying the word of God. I'm going to keep doing what I need to do until I see the fulfillment of what God said to me. Children literally will almost nag you into submission. We We as the children of God who take the posture of teachable children must come to that point. Where we're saying, you know what? God said it, I'm going to keep speaking. I'm going to keep acting until I see what God has said. You must welcome the kingdom, not doctrines. You must welcome the kingdom of God like a child so that you can enter into it. And remember what I said, this is not about salvation. This is about entering into God's way of life. God's state of being, God's state of doing. That's what it means to be in the kingdom of God. A kingdom has a way of life. Jesus is saying, if you want to step into that way of life, you're going to have to be like a child. And you know what, and Last thing, one of the last few things I'll say is that I love Jesus for using such a moment to teach us how to step into the kingdom. I love it. I absolutely, absolutely love it. I love that Jesus said, you know what? Let me show you what is important here. It's why we must pay attention to the words of Jesus. Pay attention to what he has said, what He is always saying. So that that way we can fully embrace the kingdom. And you know, not only do you, you don't even have to do it by yourself. You have the Holy Spirit. He said, I will give you a teacher and he will guide you into all truth. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of truth. That he will guide you into all truth. And when he does that, when he does that, you will literally begin to experience a different kind of life. As you have heard this, I pray that you will take the posture of a child when it comes to the things of God. That no matter what you hear, you will always go back and check with the manual that we've been given, which is the Bible. You will go back and check it see it take the posture of each other i have okay i have no agenda now i just want to know what you are saying on this matter i want to know your thoughts about my salvation i want to know your thoughts about abundance i want to know your thoughts about my marriage i want to know your thoughts about children not what anybody else has told me and even if they told me i've heard them but i want to check what your word says on the matter I pray that that's the posture that you will take. And as you do so, may you experience the fullness of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.